Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, June 6th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the special session is done. We'll find out exactly what was accomplished. Hear from lawmakers reacting to Representative Carl Oliver's public comments about lynching. Disgusted is putting it mildly. To say that I'm hurt is putting it mildly. To say that I'm upset is putting it mildly. Does the gentleman owe this body an apology? No question about it. And it is election day in Mississippi. Who's headed to the polls? Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman joins us. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. State lawmakers are back home this morning after finishing the special legislative session at the state capitol Monday. The House and Senate approved the Mississippi Department of Transportation's $1.2 billion budget. Lawmakers also approved $22.9 million for the state attorney general's office. That's about 14 percent less than last year. The legislature denied Attorney General Jim Hood's request to give back $4 million that had been taken out of the budget for his office the past years. The House and Senate also approved the $175 million state aid road construction office budget. Republican Senator Joey Fillingain from Sumrall tells MPB's Mark Rigsby his thoughts on the session. Well, it was very quick and efficient by um, special session standards. I mean, it did seem like we were here all day long, which I guess we were, but um, we passed, what, five or six bills, um, and we did it all fairly quickly, all within a day, so as not to cost taxpayers any additional dollars. There was some controversy coming into the special session Mm -hmm. over the Attorney General's budget, as well as the MDOT budget. Mm -hmm. That didn't seem to materialize during the special session. What's your impression of both of those budgets? Yeah, and I'm glad it didn't. You're exactly right. There had been a lot of, you know, talk pre-special session about were the Republicans or the leadership or whoever out to get any individuals, either at MDOT or at the Attorney General's office. And I think uh, what you saw tonight, especially as those bills were being brought up, there didn't seem to be any uh, personal politics going on. Everyone was just focused on the issues that the bills contained and where there was debate, obviously, about where there should have been more money or less money. That, That was all reasonable and to be expected, but it didn't seem to get very personal or political even at all. The attorney general really pushed uh, for the public and also the legislators to see what vital roles some of his programs play Mm -hmm. within his budget to help the people of Mississippi. Do you think that some of that money should have been taken away? I don't know of a single state agency or state budget that was spared you know, a fairly significant cut because that's just the budget we're dealing with right now. I know the legislature, for instance, took a 14% cut in the legislative budget. So I don't think that you saw a, a more significant cut in the attorney general's budget than you did say in some of these other budgets. And, you know, he does a fantastic job with what we give him to do. I mean, the, the attorney general does a great job as a chief law enforcement officer in the state. He also has a lot of programs that really help our, our citizens and protect our citizens. So I think he's to be commended 
And so certainly we wish that we could fully fund his agency to the absolute maximum, just like we wish we could fund every state agency. Talk about the MDOT budget. It's the state's largest expenditure besides mm-hmm. education um, with tax dollars. Yeah, it's $1.2 billion um, plus uh, in the MDOT budget. And so I don't think the argument is necessarily do we need or not need more dollars or could we use or not use more dollars in our roads and bridge program. We certainly could, but certainly I think some of us in the legislature want to see more efficiencies brought to bear at MDOT before we talk about expanding taxes, gasoline taxes, internet sales taxes, other forms of taxation on our public to do the expansion in their budget that they would like. Can you talk briefly about your view of the Fortify Act? Obviously, our state rating with regard to the credit rating agencies has taken a bit of a hit. It's largely based on formulas, based on the amount of revenue, what it's being spent on, is it one-time money or not one-time money. All of those factors go into it. And so I think what we were trying to do very wisely is on the area where you can reach in and do things in a budget situation that is more to their liking and that they can understand better, that when we send a budget up, they're looking at it and it makes sense to them. I think that's a lot of what the Fortify Act was doing. And what about, finally, the sweeping of the special funds? The auditor's office, the secretary of state, the insurance commissioner, I mean, the the state treasurer, all of the statewide agencies and statewide office holders um, had any special funds, monies that they had stashed away in different accounts, rated and brought into the appropriations process, which is what should happen. It's not to say that they won't get those dollars back for whatever programs they were using them for, but, you know, we are elected to run the budgets, and if you're taking monies out that never get to the legislature for any oversight, then that can be problematic. State Senator Joey Fillingame, thanks for being on Mississippi Edition. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Democratic Senator Bill Stone from Holly Springs tells our Mark Rigsby that is how special sessions are supposed to work. The nature of what we did today by coming in, taking care of it in one day, taking care of those three budgets, which that was a crucial item, I think that's the way that special sessions are supposed to work. That's not what I expected you to say, seeing that you're the the minority leader leading the Democrats in the Senate. I think it was everybody working together to get things done. Uh, You know, of course, there was some things we would have liked to have seen done. We would like to have seen some funding restored to the attorney general's office. Senator Jolly offered an amendment for that to to allow the use of some of the uh, settlement funds, should they become available during the year, to to supplement that AG's budget that everybody was talking about. And uh, I think that was that that would have been, you know, a very important step to be able to fund those programs that do so much for the people of our state. And we also uh, made our statement again that we think when you're talking about the Fortify Act, which was one of the uh, bills that we had today, um, which arguably could have waited until the next regular session, it was something that, that we've known about for some time. And uh, uh, we offered the amendment about the uh, trying to shore up our financial house. If we're trying to get our financial house in order, uh, we need to look at these tax cuts that are set to come online in the next uh, over the next several years and, and look at delaying those, give us a chance to catch our breath, see what's going on with those tax cuts, and uh, see if the revenue comes up and, and starts to, you know, we have some, some uh, increases in revenue to offset those, those tax cuts that, are, that will be coming on over the next several years. Why not do something immediately if credit agencies are downgrading the state's credit rating? Why not something be done immediately than wait for a while and, and do something later on? There might even be a better way of doing it. You know, if you, if you had more time to work on it during a regular session and go through the regular process, you might even come up with a, with a better way and 
be able to accomplish more than what we did today. And my understanding, too, is a, a lot of what was in that Fortify Act is, is some practices that are being done already. They just weren't codified. And uh, the Fortify Act would codify some of those practices that, that uh, DFA and the Treasurer's Office and other agencies in the state are already doing anyway. The special funds sweep that the legislature passed last year, there were some technical pieces of it that needed to be straightened out. Are you pleased with that, or, or do you not like where that was that was going? I don't like where that came from. You know, I was one of the I was one of the vocal opponents of that uh, during the 2016 session. I, you know, I was I was one of just a handful in the Senate that voted against that bill all the way through. And, and I knew it was a bad idea when we did it. It created some problems. And right now we're trying to, to get our house back in order from that. My concern had to do with the, with the billing of, between state agencies and things like that. Um, I, you know, I think, I think all in all, um, you know, it, it was a problem that we didn't have to have. But, but uh, uh, again, we addressed it. And, uh, and, and I think it's going to take some time to get that, uh, to get that cleaned up. Okay, I'm going to throw out the big two budget items the attorney general's budget. We offered an amendment to try to get some more money into the AG's budget, and it was not coming from anywhere else. It was uh, it was going to be escalation of the amendment provided escalation authority. If there's lawsuit money, settlement money that comes in during the during the fiscal year, that he would be able to use up to three million dollars of that uh, to fund some of the programs that were being cut. And uh, you know, we would have loved to have seen that happen. You know, I, I think had we had more time to work on it, maybe maybe we'd have been able to convince some of our colleagues that it was a good idea. And finally, the MDOT budget. I talked to the folks at MDOT, and the MDOT budget was what was was their request. And uh, you know, certainly, I'm a big proponent of trying to do something for roads, for roads and bridges, um, but we're going to have to do that above and beyond that regular MDOT budget. I mean, it's going to have to be something besides the routine maintenance budget and the regular operations, which that's what we had to keep going today. I mean, we couldn't let these, these projects shut down that we've got going out there, and we couldn't let maintenance shut down either. Senator Bill Stone, the Senate Minority Leader, thanks for being on Mississippi Edition. Thank you. All bills now go to the governor's desk for his signature. Coming up, a legislator came under fire from his colleagues yesterday over a racially charged remark. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org slash support. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. State representatives are considering the passionate comments of their peers this morning. Several African-American members of the House expressed their feelings over the racially charged remark on social media by Republican Representative Carl Oliver of Winona. In May, Representative Oliver wrote, Louisiana leaders should be lynched for removing Confederate monuments. His colleagues took time to formally denounce formally denounce his remarks from the chamber floor. Democratic Representative Oscar 
Denton from Vicksburg says his constituents shared disappointment with him. To say that I am disgusted is putting it mildly. To say that I'm hurt is putting it mildly. To say that I'm upset is putting it mildly. Does the gentleman owe this body an, uh, an apology? No question about it. None. He's not making no one look bad but us. This body, all of us looks bad. It's fine for myself and other black members to come to this well and speak against this, but it don't just affect black people. This affects the state of Mississippi. I was born in 1953, so I lived through segregation. I had to go to the back of the bus. I've heard about lynchings all of my life. I got a list of them right here. We have 82 counties. 78 of those 82 counties had lynchings from 1877 to 1950. So it was prevalent in our state. We come down here. First thing we do is gather in and we pray. So I ask you all, when are we, this body, when are we going to really try to move this state forward? When are we going to stop putting it, putting it on the backs of poor people and move this state forward? We're going to sign it out, and I really want you to go home, and I want you to think about this. I am disappointed that you, a member of this body, would use such language and post it where everyone in the world can see it. And it was about something that wasn't even going on in our state. What we do here, what we say here, it don't just affect us. It affects my constituents, someone else's constituents, somebody else's constituents. Because that's all I heard. What are y'all going to do about this man? So I'm speaking for those people that cannot come down here and speak for themselves along with me. Democratic Representative Adrian Wooten from Ridgeland says the apology does not seem genuine. Now, for many of you, especially those that decided that they wanted to vote against the suspension of the rules, let me just say to you that our history, African-Americans, blacks, whatever you want to call the people here that have melanin in their skin, that's darker than yours, is one that includes that of lynching. It's a history that includes a time where individuals didn't have the right to stand here and tell you about the wrongs that have been committed. And so that's why it was relevant. That's why the wording that was used was relevant. Because I guarantee you that there isn't a person in here of the black descent, or to be politically correct, the African-American descent, who doesn't have someone in their family that has gone through either being lynched, beat and jailed, dogs put on you, 
water hoses spraying you down, being taken to jail, teeth being knocked out of your mouth, oftentimes being raped. And let's be clear, it wasn't just men folk that were lynched or hanged. There were women that were also hanged. It's important for you to know the history so that when you decide to say and do certain things, that you will know the ramifications of your actions. What is this body going to say or do about what has taken place? Because let me be quite frank with you all. This is not a light issue. You just heard the history of this state. So it's not just a word. Be clear about that. I think it would be easier to swallow if the gentleman had not had to be told to apologize. Oliver had previously issued a statement of apology and removed the post after Republican Speaker of the House Philip Gunn told him to do so. The Speaker also stripped him of his vice chairmanship of the House Forestry Committee. A resolution to expel him from the House was not taken up yesterday. Coming up, some Mississippi voters have big decisions to make today, while others have fewer options. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman joins us to encourage all to get to the polls. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, the host of Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Each week, Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, joins me and answers questions about credit, investing, saving for retirement, and all things finance. Also, we invite you to call in and share your successes in navigating the personal finance challenges that we all face. Money Talks, Tuesday mornings at 9 on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippians across the state are heading to the polls today to vote for elected city officials. Voters in more than 20 cities are going to the polls to decide who will fill positions such as mayor, alderman, and city council. Some cities, such as Hattiesburg and Canton, have Republican, Democratic, and independent candidates running for mayor. Many municipalities, however, are holding uncontested races. According to Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman, he tells us there are still races needing votes today. Well, the lines are going to be very short. Uh, Most of these races in Mississippi are uncontested. We have several contested races, like in Hattiesburg, for example, there's a contested mayoral race in Canton and several others. But many of the uh, mayoral races have been decided. There are several aldermen races that are still up for grabs. And we encourage everybody to go cast your ballot. Lines will be real short, I think, in our municipalities this week. When you say the lines will be short, how short? We rarely have more than one-third of the people that are eligible cast a ballot, uh, particularly in, in smaller elections like this. So a lot of times, we, as you know, we've had tie votes and uh, votes that have been settled by one, uh, very often one or two votes. So if, if there is a contested alderman, don't skip down, you know, just don't skip an election because the mayor's already been elected. Go vote for whenever you've got a contested race between an independent or Republican or a Democrat. If there are no contested races where you live, why vote? 
What difference does it make? Well, it won't. The polls won't even be open, you know, as far as that goes. They'll have a general election, and, I mean, there won't be an opening for a primary. There'll be a general election. You go by and you just cast your ballot. So we need, you know, however many people can vote, even though it may be uncontested, or one contested person on the ballot. The reason that's important is that it shows the belief of the community that casting your ballot's important and that whoever he or she is that's going to get elected has the ability to govern. So um, they won't be open for a primary anymore. This will be the general election, and we encourage everybody to go vote in the general elections when the polls are open. It doesn't take but just a minute, and it and it shows everybody is supporting whoever he or she is for mayor, alderman, or whatever's on the ballot. Is a municipal election the same as any other election in Mississippi? It is. Same rules apply. This is a general election. It's run by the municipalities. Uh, we will be in about 20 or 30 cities tomorrow. Um, Canton and uh, Brookhaven uh, will be in um, Hattiesburg and Moss Point, um, just a number of different locations around the state. Our office will be present, and the Attorney General usually sends individuals out as well. Is that standard procedure? You will contact people in any precinct to say where their voting uh, place might have changed? It is standard operating procedure for the municipal clerks. I don't do it. The Secretary of State doesn't. These are I municipal see. elections. So we, we don't send out the postcard, but uh, the circuit clerks uh, or the municipality itself, in some instances where it's big enough, will send out a card saying that the voting locations are different. That's always been, to me, a little confusing to the voter. But as you know, the Board of Supervisors selects the places that you cast a ballot, and uh, there are about 1,700 of those around Mississippi. The city Board of Aldermen and the mayor select the places that the city participants and voters will vote. Uh, Secretary of State doesn't get a pick on those, so sometimes they move them around to where, in some instances, they may only have one location in a smaller town, maybe at, at City Hall or something. In oh. other places, they have several and several, but that's only done in the municipals. And most of the time, these municipals may shrink because uh, it's expensive to keep polling places open. So they may shrink it down to maybe one or two places to vote for a municipal election. And, and then in a statewide, when you're electing the governor and everything, the county supervisors will have many more, obviously some in the county. You will not have then the voting places on your website as you normally do for other we elections? Do. Uh, we do. Uh, you can go on our website on the elections division and y'all vote. And it will if you put in your name and address, we'll tell you where your polling location is. One last question for you. You said the rules are the same. That means bring a photo ID with you? Yes, ma'am. Be a photo ID and it'll be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And at 7 p.m. the uh, clerk or the bailiff will go to the end of the line if there's a line out there. We don't anticipate any this time. And the last person standing in line at 7, he'll, he or she will stand behind that person, and that person will cast a ballot. But we'd encourage everybody to show up right at 7. All of our our polls are really work hard on being open straight up 7 o'clock. People have to go to work by 7.30. I doubt if there's going to be hardly any line in uh, most all of the city elections here. So it shouldn't take you just minutes to go cast a ballot. We really encourage people to do that. Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Appreciate and it. again, polls are open until 7 this evening. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Money Talks. 
Then at 10 o'clock, it's in legal terms. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. If you missed part of the show today, you can find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org, or you can download the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu.